on the house for every Arizona homeowner's best friend. Come on in, y'all. Every Arizona homeowner's happy place every Saturday morning. Where we cover anything and everything having to do with your house, home, castle, or cabin. From the bottom of the foundations to the top of the rooftop, everything in between. Anything you're trying to tackle wherever you are in Arizona, give us a free phone call, one 767 4348 and let us put our 48 years of building and remodeling Arizona homes to work for you, and it's free. Everything about the phone call is free. Everything about the information is free. That's the way we run things here at Rosie on the House. And generally speaking, in a three-hour Saturday morning broadcast, we'll start the first hour, as we did this morning with Justin Rohner of Agriscaping, talking about everything on the outside of your home, between the outside walls of your house and your property line, the great outdoors of Arizona that you happen to inhabit in your property. Then we move inside, and in the 9 o'clock hour, we take one particular topic, and we kind of go into it a little bit deeper So we like the information we distribute all three hours to be available to everyone on an understandable level, kind of like freshman-level classes. Um, Well, every once in a while, we bring in a specialist, as we have done this morning, Mr. David Burns of Green ID. David, good morning, and thank you for coming in and joining us. Morning. Thanks for having me. And David's tendency is to take it to above the freshman level. <laughs> he 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 will get into the sophomore junior level, the one the two hundred and the three hundred series classes pretty quick because he is the example of what the new building tradesperson is all about. It is the building sciences anymore. It's not just driving nails and cutting two by fours. We've taken the building process to a whole new level, and that's one of the things we're gonna talk about today. If you uh, get your paper and pen and listen real close uh, or go to the podcast and listen to it two or three times, you you could have a master's degree at the end of this hour as it relates to indoor comfort at your house. David, you had one one particular component of indoor comfort you kind of wanted to bring to today's topic, which is something relatively new. That's right. Uh, it's zoning dampers where you can have uh, uh, basically the airflow closed down in one section of the house and divert that air to another section. So uh, you could have your master bedroom on one zone, basically. You have that closed during the day when you're not using it. And then at night, uh, open that zone up and push more air to the master. Uh, it's it's not good for every home, but it's uh, something that has become more popular and can be a great product depending on the house situation. And I'd like to make it really clear to everybody listening, this is not your daddy's zoning, this is not your granddaddy's zoning, and this is certainly not crazy Uncle Ned zoning. This isn't shutting <laughs> this this isn't shutting supply registers and closing doors. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we don't. We're not taking we don't. Anything. We don't ever recommend that. Why don't we recommend that, David? It'll it'll build up the room pressure. So, uh, just like pushing air into a bottle, you need air to escape to let more air in. And when you close your door, you're essentially closing that bottle off, and air can't escape, so fresh air can't get in. 
rooms tend to get stuffy. Uh, the room pressure builds up. It makes the unit work harder. It's hard on your equipment. It doesn't increase your indoor air comfort, your indoor air quality, and it doesn't save you money on your electric bill. Yeah. So don't do it. This is a new level of zoning. That's right. And and there's a couple different levels. You could start with a basic manual disc damper coming off the supply plenum, uh, and that's just like a gate valve opens and closes, lets uh, us direct air in a permanent kind of fixed state. Uh, and then there's zoning, which is uh, electronically um, powered, where you have a thermostat on one zone and a thermostat in another and uh, the zone damper will open and close depending on what you set the thermostat to. Now, does this have to be a variable speed compressor? No, no. It, it's compatible with any unit. Uh, the variable speed is nice because it matches the airflow to the demand. Yeah. But uh, a single-stage compressor uh, certainly can work well. And we've tried zoning before in the 80s and 90s, and it, it just ended up being more work, more trouble, more maintenance than it was ever worth. But this is the new zoning. That's right, yeah. And I, I can see where it is trouble. Even in, in new homes, people don't know what zones are on what, if they're opened or closed, and, and it's just kind of a mystery box. Um, but these ones are uh, fairly reliable, and you know what zone – is is on what part of the house. Um, you can see what's working from the uh, zoning panel. It's uh, I, I like it. It's a good product. They can be finicky, uh, but if you adjust the damper settings, typically we can dial in what, what the homeowner needs for comfort. And this is technology that we're generally recommending. We want y'all to make, we want to make y'all aware that it's out there. Anyone interested in a complete new air conditioning system or building a new home, this is applicable to. It may not be something we recommend um, in a ranch style. Exactly. Um, no attic access, no access to ductwork in just a simple air conditioning remove and replacement. Uh, zoning true. a package like that could be expensive and complicated. Yes, it's it's ideal for split systems homes with uh, an accessible attic. We have to run a new thermostat wire to each zone, so we need that space to to run the wire. But you're right, in a ranch style house, it's not it's not ideal. Um, that that ductwork usually has uh, swamp cooler ducts. They're oversized. Uh, we, we can't get a damper in in those big uh, metal ducts anyway. So uh, there are certain homes, uh, track homes. Uh, or homes with attics that we can access that are ideal. So what I want to continue the conversation on zoning and its application to improved indoor air quality, improved indoor comfort, uh, and reduced uh, cooling and heating bills. But what would be some of the tips you would talk to? Because y'all do whole house energy audits. What, what are some of the things you find more often than not applicable to every home? What's, What's the lowest hanging fruit you find all the time or yeah. almost all the time? It's not zoning, but it's it's with the ductwork, and that can cause uh, hot and cold rooms, high energy bills, and it's from either duct leakage or undersizing the ducts. Uh, and so that's typically the lowest hanging fruit, just sealing up the ductwork, gaining that 20 to 30% loss that we typically see, 
and putting that from being lost in the attic and, and going into the house. So that's typically the lowest hanging fruit. Making sure the insulation is installed right and aligned correctly would be probably the second one. Um, and you could cover your bases pretty well with that. Uh, we get into pressure testing during our energy audits, and that will tell us if you need room pressure relief or another return or just air sealing on the attic floor, separating the house from the attic better. Um, and that all depends on, on each home. You never know what you get until you test it. But generally, it's going to be duct sealing and insulation. And the duct integrity test, what, how is that set up? How do you determine the integrity of the supply and the return plenum? Yeah, so what we do is a blower door test, and we'll pressurize the house uh, to negative 50 pascals. That allows us to measure the leakage of the whole house, and then we go to the ductwork and measure the leakage on each supply and return. We'll measure static pressure and then uh, do a visual inspection of the ductwork, and that gives us a good idea where the ducts are uh, disconnected, if, if it's a Y branch, uh, downstream from the unit, or if it's right at the plenum, um, we can get an idea where to focus our ceiling at. It'll either make you laugh or cry, but with the blower door test being conducted and watching David walk around with a smoke stick, <laughs> you, you see every, you say, oh, I live, I live in a house of Swiss cheese. This thing is full of holes. <laughs> it's leaking everywhere. Yeah. And I get excited, but I've learned I got to I got to tamper it down. It's like, oh my gosh, there's there's 50 percent leakage in this register. This is this is great because we can fix it. But for the homeowner, it's like, well, this is this is horrible because I'm conditioning the attic instead of the house. But it's good yeah. opportunity. It's low hanging fruit to to fix. So you pressurize the house and you start registering its its pressure drop, its ability to hold a particular amount of pressure. And you walk around to the outdoor uh, or the electrical boxes on the on the exterior walls, mm-hmm. and you hold that smokestick up to it, and you think, "Oh, look at there!" <laughs> yeah, it'll it's leaking. It'll suck the air right in, and you can feel it with your hand on the inside of the house, where uh, the outside air is basically being brought in through a hole in the wall, uh, where the electrical wires run down and going out to the outlet or the light switch. Uh, we can check around doors. Um, all those places, you don't think about leaking air uh, on the outlets, but it's uh, they can add up. They're small holes, but they can add up. Every every single hole in your ceiling. Yes, yeah. Every, every light, every junction box, ceiling fan, exhaust fan, bathroom fan, every ceiling in the attic is a potential leak. That's right. And uh, the ones I like are uh, the chases on a two-story home between the the first floor and the second floor. And, and those are hidden, um, especially if there's an attached garage with a bonus room on top. Um, sometimes that first and second floor chase is not sealed between the attic and some, the condition. Did you say space. some of the time? Yeah. <laughs> so, did maybe. you mean most of the time? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And, and that one is a, a really good one to find and fix because that attic air is going in the house. Join the conversation. Talk with David Burns of Green ID, Green Integrated Design, about how to increase the efficiency of your home. One triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. One triple eight Rosie for you. Text questions can be sent to four one one nine two three. You prefer email? It's info at rosie. 
on thehouse.com. Arizona homeowners, if there is any question you have about home energy, home air conditioning, indoor air quality, hot and cold spots in your house, this would be the opportunity to get that question answered by dialing in one 767 because we've got the man in here that could answer all those questions, Mr. David Byrne of Green ID. And... Uh, Dave, we we originally met uh, as you were as you were uh, getting certified to do the whole house energy audits, and I talk about how we've gone from tradespeople really to scientists, and that whole concept of the utility companies educating an entire generation mm-hmm. of new tradespeople as to what to look for. Talk about a little bit about what a whole house energy audit is. And, and I tell people, before you spend a penny on air conditioning repairs, insulation, um, advertising scams, before you spend a penny at your house, get a whole house energy audit. Right. And it's, it's a great place to start because we check the whole home, look at it as a system, uh, how the occupants use it, what they set the temperature at, if they're there in the day, um, and then its components, the insulation, how that works with uh, the thermal boundary of the house, if it's aligned correctly. Uh, red flags are if they have arches or uh, drop soffits in the hallway. Those are a lot of places where air leaks, uh, and uh, it's, it's shown by doing tests on the house. So we do a, a pressure test. That's probably the biggest um, ooh-ah thing that, <laughs> that we do is put up this big fan and suck the air out of the house. Uh, it allows us to measure the leakage of the home and the duct leakage. And we can look at it all we want in the attic, but it, unless we get these readings on each register, you never know if it's sealed right. Uh, it could be, it could look great, but um, maybe the contractor had a, a 10 10 10 Y, and instead of using uh, uh, the right size flex, they right, kind of retrofitted right. it, and and now it's it's leaking, and you never see it. So or or crazy Uncle Ned was up there putting <laughs> yeah. sound around speakers in the living room and right. put his knee through one <laughs> through the soffit ductwork, or his nail bag caught that uh, flex duct and ripped an eight inch hole in <laughs> right. it. Right? Yeah, and, and that's common. It's, it's so common, um, and, and so that's why it's nice to to test it. We get actual numbers. We can we can make recommendations based on those things and not just uh, of, of what we sell and, and a visual inspection. Well, it's the report that comes mm-hmm. out of that whole house energy audit that's really uh, something you need to sit down and study because you really are taking a look at what are the easiest, lowest hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. Where do you start? And uh, I tell people all the time, you know what? The place to start probably isn't. A forty-seven thousand dollar window package. <laughs> right. uh, yeah. It's probably not a thirty-five thousand dollar two new air conditioners. Mm-hmm. Uh, chances are, there's things you can do for five and six and seven dollars. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, insulations on your outdoor receptacles. Uh, a, a couple tubes of caulk. Some weather stripping. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so this whole house energy on it really is that 
important. And I know that isn't what you came to talk about today. But if, but since we've been talking about it, how would people schedule one? Sure. They can call our office at 602-926-1650. We have a special going on this weekend. It's a $69 energy audit. And um, leave us a message. Kevin's on the uh, at the office answering phones, so um, we can get back to you if uh, he doesn't answer. Okay, yeah. Some sometimes when we give a number over there, the, the line kind of gets jammed. <laughs> but, yeah, but, get, but, uh, but Kevin will get back to you again. That number again six zero two nine two six sixteen fifty. Now, what kind of training did you have to go through? To get certified for the utility companies to say, yeah, we'll 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 subsidize this man's inspection because these right. are four or five hundred dollar inspections mm-hmm. that the homeowner is only having to pay ninety nine dollars. You're running a special this weekend for sixty nine dollars. Yeah, yeah, and it's a BPI certification. They are a national organization uh, based in New York, and they um, have us do uh, forty hour. Uh, written exam training and a field exam teaching how the whole house uh, works as a system and each component and actually doing the test. So it's a BPI certification. And then there's different specialties you could go in after that. I, I don't know whose idea it was to come up with this, but the fact that the utility companies got behind it and decided to support it, I think is huge. How many home inspections do you think you've done in the years you've been doing it? Uh, probably two thousand. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, it's quite a bit, and and I love it. You never know what you're going to find, and uh, every home is different. Even if we do same home, same tract, it's uh, it's nice just to test it, and get in there, and and base the results, the recommendations on the findings. And Lord of mercy, y'all, y'all have to hear me on this right now. I'm going to tell you something for sure. With no shadow of a doubt, not all whole house energy auditors are created equal. I've seen some horrific whole house energy audits. That's why we only have a couple that are Rosie certified. We're, we're back with David Byrne of Green ID. After this, with any air conditioning question you might have, feel free to give us a ring. Put a little smile on your face. That's what we like to do right here at Rosie on the House. Every Saturday morning here to give you any and all answers to any questions you have about your house, home, castle, or cabin. We're here with David Byrne of Green ID, Rosie Certified Whole House Energy Auditor and Air Conditioning Contractor. David, you're familiar with our concept, I'm sure, that I keep promoting and pushing super cooling. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I talked to a homeowner in Anthem who lives in a 20-year-old Pulte home this week who wants to do some kitchen remodeling. And he says, Rosie, I can't thank you enough. We've lived in this home 20 years. I'm currently and have sustained 97% off-peak power consumption for a decade. 
Wow. That's unheard of. I mean, I mean, that guy's crushing it. <laughs> yeah, he is. I, yeah. I tell people if you're above 80, 85 percent, you're doing great. If you really want to try hard, you can get to about 90. He's at 97 percent off peak. He's cooling a 2,600 square, a 20-year-old. 2,600 square foot home to 72 degrees mm. for under 250 bucks a month. Yeah, he's crushing it. He's crushing it. <laughs> so that's the, that's the super cooling. I, I, and we've got testimony after testimony after testimony from hundreds of homeowners, uh, how much money they've been able to save with that technique, uh, as well as uh, uh, in, in, in live more comfortably. Oh, it's it's low hanging fruit. It's it's free to do, and it, uh, you just got to be on the right power consumption plan. Yes, that's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, you got to switch uh, the super uh, saver choice max. Yeah, is the cheapest off peak. Uh, but and that's APS. I mean, each that's right. Power right. supplier is going to have their own that's right. name for their their on off peak or whatever yeah. different plans they have available. Yeah, but it's it's cheap. It's free to do, and and there's studies that show just massive reduction in energy use so it's it's and as the topic of super cooling comes up that was the first thing i thought when i read this article like how does could Mm -hmm. you do zoning and super cooling Mm -hmm. together or does it not make sense because this part of the zone might be warmer than this part of the zone you know was do those two work together you certainly can you're going to have another thermostat with the second zone and so it's going to be if you you have to raise the temperature up higher in that second zone if you want to cool the main part of the house to get it super cool but yeah it would certainly work especially if you're not using that zone during the daytime um, or if you have a two-story home and you uh, you close the zone off to the second floor so everything all the air goes to the first floor um, and because that's where you are in the daytime then yeah it would it would work fine this the, the the new technology, plus the new tactics that the, that the that the scientists keep coming up with. And I didn't come up with super cooling; it was introduced to me. I tried it, and then I became the biggest believer in the world. Uh, but it's these things that are going to continue to improve our quality of life going forward, and actually reduces the power consumption for the entire community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. If you can. Cut your bills by 20 to 30%, reduce your consumption. You can use a smaller air conditioner. You don't need an oversized five ton on a 2,000 square foot home. <laughs> you know, it's, it's going to save you money. You're going to be more comfortable. And the whole energy grid is going to be a less demand Happier. because you're not, yeah, you're not using that much energy during peak hours. We will postpone the construction of the next power generation plant for an entire generation. Mm-hmm. If we would all get on this, taking the peaks off the energy grid demand through the middle of the afternoon. If we would all go to supercooling, mm-hmm. drop those peaks, we could postpone. This is the greenest thing you can do. Yeah, and it doesn't cost any money. It's uh, it's incredible. You can reduce your mm-hmm. consumption by by a significant amount just by shifting your, your peak energy and doing some low-hanging fruit upgrades. Uh, it's... Uh, it's not that complicated. Well, one of the one of the technologies that I'm, I've been impressed with is the increased technology of zoning. And you actually brought props in, David. You brought props in to a radio show. That's really cool. 
we're we're gonna push these pictures out in Facebook. It'll be in the blog. It'll be a, it'll be in all those places. But it does make it so much easier to picture what you're trying to talk about. And we specifically said at the beginning of the show, probably not for a lot of retrofit applications, but it mm-hmm. could be. Yes. Yeah, it could be. We want the air handler in the attic or the ductwork in the attic and accessible. The the ranch-style house with the package unit on the roof isn't ideal for that, uh, or sheet metal trunk ductwork isn't ideal. You could get in those attics. <laughs> I'd rather not anymore, but I, <laughs> I couldn't yeah. get in those attics. <laughs> Romy has crawled the, 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 the entire length of one of those attics, but you've got about nine inches of wiggle room in there, and you don't have the room to get in there and separate the ductwork and insert these um, automatic dampers and whatnot without sh- ripping sheetrock out. Uh, right. From from the bottom of the house, and and then you know, then you're talking open heart surgery. Yeah, yeah, it's not worth it at that point. It's it's uh, there's easier things that those homes could do to reduce their consumption and and make it more comfortable. Uh, but for those homes with the split system in the attic, uh, you could either use this manual damper I brought. It's just uh, like a gate valve on the start yeah. collar opens and closes, uh, and it's fixed so. Uh, you know, once we set it, you'd have to go in the attic if you want an adjustment. But it's it's a cheaper way to force more air to one part of the house that's notoriously hot. Now, if you're in a 15-year-old home with cathedral mm-hmm. insulation, with the attic all in a protected space, those are the kind of rooms you like to work in, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <I know. laughs> you're giving me flashbacks. Yeah. That's not... I mean, wouldn't you rather be working in in conditioned space attic as opposed to a 147 degree attic? Of course, yeah. of course. With about a with about an eight twelve pitch with some stand up headroom in there. <laughs> yeah, it's a dream. That's it a is. Dream. Let's see if we can answer Donna's question. She's called in with a very specific air conditioning question at her home. Miss Donna, let me introduce you to David Byrne of Green ID. What is your question this morning? Hey, good morning, and thank you so much for the introduction, Rosie. Yeah. Uh, David, I'm excited to hear you guys talking about the science of all all this because there is so much to it, and I appreciate that. We built our home back 2005, and we did try to do a lot of the more, you know, all this sustainability-minded and the science of it and set it up. But, I mean, back then we ended up with the uh, SEER 13, on the air conditioner, and we did put in a gas furnace. So we do use a lot of, uh, you know, gas, natural gas for stove, dryer, and Mm -hmm. hot water and all that, and we did the furnace as well, feeling like that was a real efficient way to heat the home. So the latest uh, AC check we got, they were trying to talk us into just doing a heat pump, you know, just tearing out the furnace and everything. Mm -hmm. I guess I I mostly wanted to get your take on on that question. That's a great question. Yeah, and it's uh, it's good. Like, if, do you have solar on your house? Yes, we do. Okay, that, that makes sense because then you're using electricity to heat the home, not natural gas, and it's uh, certainly doable. You have to change the wiring a little bit, but it uh, it's a good way to heat the house. It's going to be a little bit different than what you're used to with natural gas. Uh, but it's uh, certainly feasible, and uh, I'd, I'd recommend it on some homes. Yeah, about the hottest a heat pump air can generate is about 90, 92 degrees, right? right? Yeah. So when the heat comes on on those cold January wet mornings, Donna, 
you're going to put your hand up to the register and it's going to be below your body temperature. Mm. Uh, and you're, you're going to feel like, oh my, oh, my air conditioning's on or my fan is blowing. Uh, but at 90 degrees, the heat pump has the capacity to bring your home to 76 or 78, whatever it is you're trying to get it to. But it is going to feel different than that 115-degree air coming out of a gas furnace register. That's right. And on freezing days, what you're talking about, Rosie, is uh, the heat pump will go into a defrost cycle, and it'll actually blow cold air out of the registers in the wintertime. <laughs> That's what it feels like, like your air conditioning in the house, but it's actually defrosting the ice, uh, and it's necessary for a couple minutes. It'll stop, and then the heat will come on again. Uh, and that's normal operation, but it'll throw some homeowners off that aren't used to that. And I tell you what we're going to do, Donna, because you called in with that question, we're going to pay for Green ID to come do a whole house energy audit at your home, and then then we can answer that question on a completely holistic whole house analysis, and we'll be able to handle it with that. So, David, uh, you're going to get an appointment to go see Donna or your team and then you'll bill me on that. Okay. Or not great. me, not Jennifer. Bill Jennifer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and Donna, you know, you can be as efficient as you want with your air conditioning, but it's not doing anything if you're not using your water wisely. You got you need a water <laughs> audit too? <laughs> I think I got that one down. Thank you so much. <laughs> hey, that's a great offer, guys. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Miss Donna. We'll be in touch. Keep right. going. We've got yeah. another yeah. great question. Uh, about supercharging as it relates to uh, having Tesla battery <laughs> charging stations. That's a great question. Miss Diana? Hello? Go ahead. Yes, ma'am. Uh, hi. Yes. So my, my question, Rosie, was I was doing the super um, chilling and our super cooling, and then I was like, wait, am I on the right rate? Because I have SRP and I have um, the electric charge okay. rate. Okay. So then I, so I, I have the Tesla charging at 11 p.m. Right. So would it be okay to be on that rate and still... Super cool, or should I change my rate to the other one and just, you know, do all my max consumption off-peak? Okay. And the other thing, too, is I have a nest, and I have a basement, and we kind of, like, live down in the basement because the basement is about five degrees cooler. Okay. So we have the nest set to read the temperature in the basement so that it's more comfortable for us. Because, you know, like it says it's 70-something degrees upstairs, but, you know, downstairs it's a little different. Okay. Well, uh, you've given us a lot here. Uh, David, where do you want to start with Diana's answer? Uh, As it relates, the utility companies are offering EV charging rates that are separate from everything else. Hmm. But how would you order how would you answer her question in in an SRP customer home? It's still it's still good to super cool the house off peak. You have such cheap energy that you do want to 
it, it's going to be cost effective to lower the thermostat during those off peak hours and and raise them during the peak hours, um, which includes charging your your car um, at eleven p.m. It's uh, it's still that cheap energy you're buying. Really cheap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't have SRPs memorized. I've got a- APSs memorized, but I mean it's the difference of twenty four cents a kilowatt and four and a half cents a kilowatt. Right. Right. <laughs> so uh, duh, when do I want to do it? <laughs> yeah. Off peak, and she had a she, you know she had a, a kind of a kind of a ancillary question there that we're talking in zoning in her basement, staying four to six degrees cooler than the rest of the house. Couldn't a fan operated zoning apparatus? Mm. mix the air in the house and help her benefit the whole house? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, because you're cooling the whole house to uh, cool the basement down, that, that extra temperature. So um, if, you're, if you're talking about mixing the air more, um, running the fan, uh, you could program typically uh, – do you have a Nest thermostat? She did, yeah. Yes. She did, yeah. Yeah, so you could program that to run 20 minutes every hour. And get a better mixing of the the floor's temperature, uh, so that that would probably make it a little more comfortable and even temperature uh, throughout the house. And during the day when the AC is on, she could send less air down there, reducing the load while she's cooling the rest of the house. Exactly. So exactly. I mean, so this this is one well, this is be one application, Miss Diana, of how this zoning technology could really get put to work for you with somebody that could get in there and do a full analysis of your lifestyle, how much are you living in the basement, how much are you living in the rest of the house, and when you are charging. Um, I tell you what, uh, it seems to me in our electric vehicle life, uh, it's uh, about three kilowatts per mile. Is what you get from Mm -hmm. your charge. Mm -hmm. So I've got an F-250 10-cylinder gas. Okay. Mm -hmm. That, that would be uh, and then I've got an electric vehicle and it it cost me about four and a half dollars to fill up one of them and okay. it cost me about a hundred and fifty dollars to fill up the other one <laughs> Ow. okay when we get back we'll wrap up with David Byrne of Green Idea. Now, the first thing that came to my mind when I got done reading the whole article about zoning and everything on your air conditioning unit, it – and I don't know if this is a correct analogy, but the first thing I thought of was a tankless water heater. It's point of use. You're not uh, – the way a tankless water heater works, when you turn on the hot water or faucet, it immediately starts heating the water. You're not paying to heat water in a tank to keep it hot for when you want it. Could you – picture and visualize zoning is the same thing you're not cooling this space of your home you're not using right oh yeah exactly so uh, a common zone we put on is is a master bedroom area master bathroom uh toilet room Uh, that would be on one zone and so uh when you're not using that during the day that zone would would close uh based on your thermostat set point and push more air to the areas that you do use, your, your kitchen, family room, living room, uh, guest bedrooms, if you have offices over there, um, are typical ways we could zone the house. So you're, you're not going to be pushing as much air in the master bedroom, uh, and we can bleed a little bit in there. So it does 
still get some airflow. You never shut off completely that zone, but it is kind of like on demand where you, you only use it when you need it. Uh, and so you do get additional savings that way. And, uh, it can make the house more comfortable, especially if it's got weak airflow in, in one zone. And in that zoning where you're using the master bedroom example, you know, you're, you're, you're you know, past the morning time, you're really not in there. Mm-hmm. But how do you let it go dormant but then not come back to go to sleep and you're in a, you know, yeah. uh, you're sweating when you put your head against the sheets? Yeah, and so you could program your thermostats to – have that zone open up uh, at five o'clock or six o'clock at night, an hour or two before you go to bed. And that would essentially kind of pre-cool that room. So you'd have to be proactive with either uh, your thermostat schedule or just manually going to the thermostat and lowering the temperature down. Let's see if we can go to Dennis real quick on line one with a question on a 70s masonry home. How to, how can all this work in that home? Dennis, you're question specifically we're running real tight on time real hi this is uh, dennis um uh, my question is how would your uh, person there that uh, is on the show how would he take a look at making a house more energy efficient for a 1970 block house that already has a 14 tier package unit on top newer windows decent mm-hmm. insulation uh it's got the you know the old metal trunk work and the evap cooler has been taken off a long time ago good good yeah so i want to look at the room pressures uh, make sure the airflow is circulating out of the room well Um, if you notice the doors close by themselves when the heater air come on that's a sign that's getting uh, high pressure i want to look at the elbow on the roof uh, transitioning from the unit to the jack make sure that's not choking off the airflow Uh, a notorious problem in those ranch homes is the return is too small because of that elbow being too small uh, and then the air leakage, uh, where your soffit is down the middle of the house, make sure those uh, top plates on each side of the trunk are sealed tight and the attic is separated from the house. And what he asked is what a home energy audit answers. Exactly. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How, how do I increase the efficiency when I've got, you know, he, he's done a lot of things. He's got new windows, a higher sear, blah, 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 blah. Uh, you know, those are two important things, but that's not the only thing that goes into our home efficiency. So a home energy audit answers that question. Right. And those are kind of the basic low-hanging fruits. Um, and you're running a special on yeah. home energy audits. $69 for our energy audit. And how would somebody schedule that? Dennis, write this number down. 602-926-1650. That's green ID. Rosie Certified, Whole House Energy Auditor. They're not all created the same. Give David a call. 602-926-1650. 